Okay, we'll go ahead and start. If you have your notes, next to the last. We're almost winding down here. One of my concerns about doing this was uh, I, I, my bent is toward uh, the Scripture, and I like reading John Piper, and he's always challenging, and uh, a lot of marriage seminars, and I mean, we, and we've, we've been to two or three, and um, they, they seem to be um, even more horizontal. It's just how to get along with your spouse, how to treat him or her right, and, and it's like they leave out the whole biblical perspective. So I, I tend to go maybe even too far, if there is such things going too far, that direction. Um, so I, I hope it's been encouraging and helpful. Not not too, I don't know, theoretical, you know? I mean, um, but I, I just think that has to start there. If it's all surface or shallow, then you're not really getting what, well, we're not getting what we need. So one more of those, then I will go a little more shallow. Uh, yeah, it's not really a good way to say it, but more practical, so to speak. That's not a way, a good way to say it. It's like, this is this not practical? Yes, this is practical. Um, but a little more hands-on how-to. There we go. Maybe that's a good way to say it. So, um, in our culture, the, the, the idea of headship and submission have fallen into disrepute. It's just, you just don't talk about it. It's, you know, that's, we don't do marriage like that anymore. And so, um, okay, so... Ephesians chapter 5, again. Um, let's start with 22. Wives. See, we don't even like this verse. Wives, what? Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Well, what if I don't want to submit? Or what if that's a bad word in our society? That's such a male, chauvinistic, dominant, cowering female mindset. Well, that's just all wrong, okay? Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Why? For the husband is the head of the wife. How? Even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. So, um, we need to, we don't need to disregard and, and trash the idea of headship and submission. We need to reclaim it and we need to know what it means. God didn't say this. and God is not saying now, oh, I wish I would have never said that. See? Look at all the problems that headship and submission have caused. I, if I'd have just left that out of my word, then we'd be better off today. No, God's not saying that. God said, wives submit, husbands be the leader, the head. Okay? And he's not, he hasn't changed his mind since he instituted marriage. Okay? So we need to... We need to reclaim this and understand what it means and then live in obedience with it. Why? So that we can be an accurate picture of Christ in the church. Okay? Christ is the head of the church. And if we're going to picture that, the husband has to be the head of the wife. And we don't get to say, yeah, but I don't like that. Well, we, we, we will like it if we understand what it is. So let's, let's try to understand what it is. Okay? So we're going to look at two things. First of all, the... Um, the foundation of headship, and then we'll get into the, uh, the application of headship, then we'll do submission. Okay, so here we go. Um, the foundation of headship. Uh, marriage is, is, we're not quite to your notes yet, I'll get there. Marriage is meant to be a living drama of the covenant-keeping love between Christ and the church. Christ and the church are one body, husband and wife are one flesh, a picture of Christ and the church. It is clear in Ephesians chapter 5 that the roles of the husband and wife in marriage are distinct. 
They are, you know, they are to submit to each other in those roles. Okay? Matter of fact, if you back up in, in verse uh, 21, it says submitting to one another. Okay? We are, yes, the wife is to submit, but the husband is to submit too. Okay? It's mutual submission, but the role is head, okay, which we'll talk about the way it is, and, and submitter. Okay? There's roles in marriage, okay? and those roles aren't bad. Um, they are to submit to each other in these roles. You know that even in the Godhead, there's submission. Christ submitted to the will of His Father. Okay, that's not a bad term. Matter of fact, it's a god. It's a godly term. Okay, headship and submission. Okay, uh, when Christ washed the disciples' feet, uh, who was the leader? Christ was the leader. What was He doing? Serving. Okay. Serving does not cancel leadership. It defines it. So, husbands, be the head of your wife. What does that mean? Serve her. See, we have this weird idea of being the head as ruling her, demanding her. She's my servant. No, she's not your servant. You're her servant. Okay? That's what the head is. Okay? Servant leadership. Misunderstanding, misapplication of headship and submission has brought much harm in marriage. But the problem is not headship and submission. The problem is sin, which has distorted headship and submission. Okay? We need to recover that. So, here we go. Christ and the church are our model. Okay? As is always the case in marriage. Christ and the church are our model. So, let's fill in some blanks here. I got a lot of blanks on this sheet. Hopefully, it'll be helpful. Headship is not, that's in all caps, headship is not the right... Fill in blanks as we go here. Headship is not the right to control or to abuse or to neglect. And a lot of stupid husbands think that. And I don't, I don't apologize for using the word stupid, okay? People say, oh, you use the S word. I don't let our kids use the word stupid. Well, read your Bibles. The Bible uses the word stupid, okay? So, uh, anyway, people go, oh, I never let my children use that word. So, get over it, okay? Um, <laughs> It's stupid to neglect or abuse or neglect your wife, okay? Um, it is, what is it? Headship is the responsibility to love like Christ in leading, protecting, and providing for our wives and families. It is the responsibility to love like Christ in leading and protecting and providing. <clears throat> Next one. Submission is not slavish or coerced or cowering. That's not the picture of the. Are, is the church Christ's slave? Do, are we a fearful of getting hit by Christ? No, that's not the church. That's not the way the church submits to Christ. He wants our submission, the submission of the church, to be free and willing. And do you willingly submit to Christ? Well, yes, we do. He loves us, okay? Glad, strengthening, okay? As I submit to Christ, that's free and willing and glad. I'm thankful I get to submit to Christ. He has my best interest at heart. He died for me. Why would I not submit to him, okay? It's, it's a very positive thing, the church submitting to Christ. Thus, it should be a very positive thing for the wife to submit to her husband, okay? Headship, this is a definition uh, from John Piper, okay? So, headship definition is the divine calling. Okay, so whose idea was it? It's God's idea. 
Okay? And he called us to this. It's a divine calling of the husband to take primary responsibility, not the only responsibility, just primary. The wife also has responsibility. But the husband is to take primary responsibility for Christ-like servant leadership, protection, and provision in the home. As I always say about John Piper, that's just a great definition. It's biblical. Okay, next, submission. Then we'll, we'll talk about it a little more. But submission is the divine calling. It's God's idea. He called the wife to do this. It's the divine calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership. And by the way, what's his, what's his leadership going to look like? Don't forget that. His leadership is going to be servant leadership to protect her and provide for her. Okay? Her job is to honor and affirm that leadership and to help. She is a helpmate, okay? To help carry it through according to her gifts. Janelle is my helper. I can't make it without her. She's not my servant, okay? At school, I am the leader, okay? I'm the headmaster of Christian Heritage Academy. I am the leader, okay? I, I assure you, it was really a lot easier to be a teacher and a coach. It was a lot easier and a lot more fun, okay? But God called me to be, and the board hired me to be the leader, okay? So am I the dictator? No, that would be stupid, okay? How am I successful, I am only successful if the people around me are very, very good. And I have very good people around me, okay? I mean, they're great. I mean, we, Janelle, I mean, the administrative staff I have and the teachers, they're really good, okay? But I'm the leader. What do they do? Well, they, they do what I say. How do I tell them what to do? I ask for their input because I don't know what they need to do. They're smarter than I am. They're better educators than I am. And everybody knows that. And I'm okay with everybody knowing that, okay? My, my administrative team are all better educators than I am. But who's the leader? I am. Who makes the decisions? I do. How do I do that? I have meetings. I say, what do you think we should do? And they say, I think we should do this. And I say, I think that's a good idea. Then do that. And they go, okay. And then I say, why are you doing that? And they say, because oh, Mr. Buller told us to. <laughs> okay. See? That's leadership and following, but it's, it's, it's mutual, okay? It's working together. But... I'm the leader, okay? How would our school work if we didn't have a leader? It wouldn't work. You, you can't do that. You have to have a leader, okay? People have tried to not have leaders. Let's just do it by group, okay? It just doesn't work. You have to have a leader. So how would your marriage work if you didn't have a leader? You can't do that, okay? You have to have a leader, and God said who would be the leader, okay? So, but it's not me, her, it's... I'm leading, but she's a, she knows a lot more about a lot, thing, a lot of things than I do. Okay? I can't make it without her. Okay? And we work together. But when it comes down to it, I'm the leader. Okay? By the way, which would be easier? I would rather be the follower. Okay? It's less responsibility. It's just, it's just easier. Okay? Just let somebody else make the hard, hard decisions. Okay? And that's what they say about me. They just grin at me at school and I go, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, you know? But I have to make those decisions, okay? Same way in a marriage, okay? The application of headship, okay? 
The head is really just referring to leadership. We just said that. Okay, Judges 11, 11, um, Jephthah was, was appointed to be the head and leader. Okay, Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and leader. Head is leader, okay? Ephesians 1, 21 through 23, uh, Christ is the, uh, I'll read it. Uh, it's a great passage here at the, uh, about Christ. Uh, Christ. He's far and above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the way, one to come. And he put all things that he, God, put all things under his, Jesus, feet, and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church. Christ is head. Okay, He's the leader. Who made him the leader? God made him the leader, okay? He's the head of the church, okay? And in Ephesians 5.25, just like Christ took the lead as the head of the church in servant leadership, he gave himself up and died for her. That's what we should do for our wives as head, okay? It's not a dictator rule, you serve me, woman, okay? And that's why we have this distorted view of what the, the leadership in the marriage is. So wrong, okay? Leadership, next blanks there. Leadership is not a right or a privilege, It's a burden and a responsibility. And it is a burden. Because who's going to be held accountable for the family? The husband. Okay? That's what leadership is. It's not this ruling thing that the wife is just meeting my needs. Okay? That's just so wrong. Okay? Okay, let's talk about two things. Leader as as protector. Uh, this is all from John Piper. I... A leader protects, and the next one is leading as provider. How did, what did Christ do for us? Christ bore our sins, 1 Peter 2.24. He became a curse for us. This is the leader now. The leader did this. The leader bore our sins. He became a curse for us. He died for us. Okay. He saved us from the wrath of God. He's our Savior, okay? And that's the leader that did all those things. What did he do? He protected us, okay? So, husbands, what are we supposed to do? To be the head of the wife means to protect her at all costs, even to the point of giving your life for her. You protect her, okay? That's being head, isn't that just different than our cultural warped view of what a head is? Okay. Leader as protector. Leader as provider. Genesis 45, Joseph provided for his brothers. First Thessalonians, Paul took care of the church like a nursing mother, he said. Okay. He provided for the church. Ephesians 5.29, the husband is to nourish and cherish the wife. He is to meet her every need. Provide for her. Okay, a little bit of a, so I'll read some uh, John Piper to you here, okay? Um, so a few excerpts here, let me get my pages right, okay? Uh, before I give some examples, let me give, a word of, uh, let me give a word of encouragement and caution. The encouragement is to men. If this sounds new and overwhelming, be encouraged that Christ does not call you to do what he won't empower you to do. 
My father loved to quote to us as a family, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Husbands are called to do some very hard things. Leadership is not easy. That's part of what being a Christian means. Take up your cross and follow me. But with every command comes a promise. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the righteous, my righteous right hand, Isaiah 41.10. So you, you can't read John Piper. I mean, just every, every page just has reference after reference. That's just how he writes, okay? <clears throat> That's why I like reading him. I will uphold, uh, let's see, leadership is hard, but you're a man. If your father never taught you how to lead, your heavenly father will. It's encouraging. That's the encouragement. The caution is to women. You cannot demand that your husband take leadership. <laughs> Just think about that, okay? For several reasons. Number one, demanding is contradicting to the very thing for which you long. It is out of character. If you become the demander, he's not the leader. You get that? You can't tell your husband to be the leader. Honey, you need to be the leader. Wait, who's leading here? You're telling me what to do? No, no. let God tell me to lead and you don't tell me to lead. You say, well, you're supposed to. God said you're supposed to. <laughs> don't do that, okay? Number two, demanding will be counterproductive because if he had any impulse to try harder, your demanding will take the heart out of it because it won't feel like leading anymore. If he leads because your wife told him to, then he's not really leading. He's following you. Okay? So don't tell him to lead. It's a caution. Okay? It will feel like he is acquiescing to your demand. And number three, leadership has to come from inside. Okay? Brought about by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. You can't make your husband lead, so don't try. The only, per- the only thing that can bring about leadership in your husband is God's Spirit working through God's Word. That's why husbands need to read the Bibles. Okay, and pray and sit under good teaching and preaching. But the wife can't do it. They well, my husband's just not leading. Then pray for him and keep your mouth shut. Okay? Don't say that to him. Okay? But, well, I see, I thank you, John Piper. So instead of demanding, <laughs> I really forgot this was here. So instead of demanding, number one, pray for him. Pray for him that God would awaken his true manhood. He is a man. He's just not, he just hasn't learned yet. Okay, like Lloyd said, it took a while for God to grow him. Thank the Lord for a wife who submitted while he was growing in his leadership. Okay, that's what wives need to do. Pray for him, okay? Number two, when you are neither tired nor angry, did you hear that? When you are neither tired nor angry, ask him for a time when the two of you can alone can talk about your heart's desire. When you express your longing, do it without sounding any ultimatums, and with a sense of hope grounded in God, not man. Express appreciation and honor for any ways that he is leading. Okay? Encourage him. Okay? Don't demand that he lead because he's not being a good leader. That's not what he needs from you. Okay? Um, what is uh, leadership? Uh, he talks about leadership in, in, in spiritual provision, leadership in physical provision, and then uh, leadership in spiritual protection and leadership in physical protection. So we'll talk about each of those just briefly. Um, First of all, leadership in spiritual provision. To provide spiritual food for the family, this is to husbands, to provide spiritual food for the family, you must know spiritual food. This means that a man must go hard after God. You can only lead spiritually if you are growing in your own knowledge of God and love for God. If you are feeding your soul with the Word of God, you will be drawn to feed your wife and your children. 
The husband has to do that. Now, the problem in our society is that we have men who were never taught to do that. So thank the Lord for a church that's teaching and that, that encourages people to read their Bibles every day and to read through the Bible in a year. And, to, okay, that, that, and, the, men are, and the men are starved for that, okay? Uh, when I teach young married couples, it's like, it's like these, these guys just were, well, like, like Lloyd said, he was never taught to do that. He was never, they never talked about God. They never knew God. They never knew about God's word. And, and so now he's married and, and, and it's going to take him a while, but he needs somebody to hold his hand and walk him along and grow him, okay? And wives, you just need to be quiet and pray for him during that time, okay? And you may have come from a Christian family or may have, you know, but hey, you just let God lead him. But there needs to be a, a support system, a church that is around him, that's helping him grow. But he needs to grow in spiritual provision. But the way he does that is to grow in his own relationship with the Lord. Um, leadership and physical provision just provide for your wife. I can't go into all these. Uh, leadership and spiritual protection. This is an area where I do pretty well with spiritual provision with our family. I don't do very well in spiritual protection. And Janelle doesn't like this. She won't tell you that, but she doesn't. Um, uh, husbands, take the initiative in thinking through what will be allowed on TV. Wow, that's a good one. What movies you and your children will go to? What music will be listened to? How low your daughter's neckline will be? Dad has a crucial role in defining the modesty of his daughter's clothing. Yes, mom is the key player here in helping a young woman learn the meaning of her, her modesty and beauty, but dad's role is indispensable both in celebrating what, that will, what they look like and telling them the way that they dress means, uh, means what they don't think it means, okay? Girls don't get dressed. They don't understand it, okay? Dad knows exactly what I mean. What you need here is courage. Don't be afraid here. This is your daughter, and she must hear from you what she is saying to men with her clothes. There's, just, there's a lot of areas of spiritual protection, okay? And I'm still learning. That's really hard uh, for a lot of reasons, okay? There, um, you just need to get this book and read it. It's got some great um, help and encouragement in it. Um, let's see. Oh, let's see. Pray for your family. Take the initiative in your home. Uh, leading in physical protection. Uh, you can do some simple things. So one of the things I do is uh, when, before we go to bed, what do I do? I do, what's my night routine before we go to bed? I, see, I lock the doors, okay? Why doesn't she lock the doors? Well, we're, it, she can do this too, okay? But, and she asked me, you know, did you lock the doors? Did you check the garage door? Okay? And she asked me that, okay? Well, and I don't say, well, no, did you? <laughs> I, I'll, and sometimes I'll go, I don't know, I don't think so. Okay, so I'll go. Sometimes if one of the kids isn't in yet, I'll, I'll lock the door and she'll come. She said, uh, Brianna's not home yet. I'll go, well, I know what that means. It's like, go and lock the door. <laughs> Get a, unlock the door for Brianna when she's not home yet, okay? But that's, that's physical protection, okay? Um, well, when you hear a sound in the night, you get out of bed and check it out, okay? <laughs> Honey, <laughs> I think I, okay? I've done that. <laughs> okay? Uh, headship is the divine calling of the husband to take primary responsibility for leading, protecting, and providing. When a man joyfully bears the primary God-given responsibility for Christ-like servant leadership, provision, protection in the home, for the spiritual well-being of the family, for the discipline and education of the children, it's primary responsibility. Actually, Janelle does more discipline than I do. Okay? Janelle does more teaching of the children than I do. But, but it's my job. Okay? But I can't do it. I have to have a good helper. Okay? I can't do a lot of things. That's why I have to have a good helper, okay? But it's my job. She's helping me, 
Okay? And when it gets tough, what does she do? Josh, I've had it. You have to... Okay? I go, okay, thank you. It's my job. Okay? Um, for the stewardship of money. She handles the money. I'm not very good at that. But it's my job. Okay? She does the checkbook. She does... Okay? She's great at it. She's better than I am. That's why she does it. Okay? But, but when it comes down to it, she doesn't... She'll say, uh, Josh, we need to do this, and I'm not sure how we can cover that. She doesn't just, you know, I don't know, spend money we don't have. She doesn't do that, okay? It's my job to take care of our family's finances. But she does the work, okay? For the holding of a steady job, for the, the healing of discord. I have never met a wife who is sorry she married such a man. Okay? Is your wife happy that she married you? If she is, you can tell why. And if she's not, maybe you can tell why too. Okay? Because when God designs a thing like marriage, He designs it for His glory and for our good. That's really good. Okay? All right, let's go on to submission. Okay? Submission, where we kind of get a little rub here. Okay? First uh, Peter chapter two. Um, we, we can look at that real quick, and I'll just go through it. Um, I think I have those notes there, don't I? Um, let's see. Yeah, on the back there. Okay. First Peter chapter 2, um, if I can get there. Uh, so, let's see, put away, I just come, am I on the right? 13, let me go down to 13 through 17. Be subject to the Lord. Uh, so we talk about submission to authority. Uh, that's the kind of subheading in the ESV. Um, we are to be subject to every human institution. Be subject to the Lord's, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperors as supreme or the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Servants, here we go again, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrow while suffering unjustly. Uh, We can skip down um, to chapter 3 then. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. So he's talked about us as citizens, slaves to masters, now wives to husbands. Be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word. Hmm. You mean even if my husband is not obeying God's word? Yes. So that even if some do not obey the word, they may be one without a word. Did you hear that? They may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives, not by the nagging of their wives. Okay? When they see your respectful and pure conduct. But what if he's not respectable? That you res- he didn't even obey the word. You, you, you honor him without a word by your conduct when they see your respectful and pure conduct. That's, that's pretty powerful, okay? Uh, do not let your adorning be external. That's not it's the, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold, jewelry, or the clothing you wear. It's not saying don't braid your hair, don't, don't put on jewelry, don't wear clothes. That's not what it's saying, okay? It's, it's just don't let all of your adorning be external, merely external. But you should have an external adornment, okay? And you should braid your hair and put on jewelry and wear clothes. Okay? You should do that. Don't just let yourself go and say, well, the Bible says it doesn't, you know, doesn't matter. No, it does matter, okay? 
We should keep ourselves nice, okay? But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. Wow, that's really a powerful statement there, okay? They, they adorned themselves as holy women who hoped in God, not their husband, by submitting to their own husbands, okay? Following his leadership, okay? As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. <clears throat> and you are her children. You women are her, Sarah's children. If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. That's a, that's a gigantic statement of the, the value and beauty of a godly woman. Okay? <clears throat> so let's go through this. Um, godly women put their hope in God. Uh, Christian womanhood is fearless. Wow, that's good. They adorn themselves inwardly as well as outwardly. It's not one or the other. Inwardly and outwardly. The truths of headship and submission really are biblical, and they really are beautiful. Okay? You see a wife that does those things, and it's like, man, she's just beautiful, okay? Which I, I look at Janelle and people, anybody that knows Janelle, the, the people, they just, they, just, they just say to me, they, you know, they, people say to me all the time, they just say, I just love your wife. I say, and I, I say, yeah. I say, why? And they said, I don't know. She just, she's just no pretense. There's just, she's just real. She cares about people. She just, I say, yeah, it's Janelle. Okay? She just that's just the way she is, okay? And she's a beautiful lady, okay? She takes care of herself externally, internally. She loves the Lord, she loves people, she loves me. She's a, she almost just like I said, she's fiercely loyal to me, okay? But she's a beautiful woman, okay? That's that's a Christian woman, okay? Um, so, let's go on. Now. What is what submission is not, okay? Here's where we get into some weird misunderstandings. Submission, okay, ladies, this is for your sake and husband's fears as well. Submission does not mean agreeing with everything your husband says. Don't think that, okay? If two people agree on everything, then one of them is unnecessary, okay? I don't need administrators around me that just agree with everything I say. I need them to argue with me. I need them to say, no, wait a second, Mr. Bullen, I don't think you're seeing all the whole picture here. I think, um, have you thought about this? And I'll go, no, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Okay? I don't need people to agree with me. I need people to help me think. I don't need to Janelle to agree with me all the time. Okay? Now, sometimes I'm still going to make decisions she doesn't agree with. And we both know that. She goes, okay. Now, you know I don't think that's right. I say, yeah, I know, but I think, honey, this is what we need to do. She says, okay. And we're going to go, and we're going to do it. And then she's with me on it. And if it works, she's great. I don't say, see, I told you. If it doesn't work, she doesn't say, see, I told you that was dumb. We don't do that to each other. Okay? We just go on. It's like, mm. I'll say, you know, I'll uh, eat the humble pie and crow and say, wow, sorry, you were right, that was dumb, okay? And then she'll go, that's okay. She doesn't say, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay? Um, so it doesn't mean agreeing with you. Don't think you have to agree with him, okay? Now, don't argue and be mean and yell and scream, but just say, honey, wow, I don't know about that. And then if he says, yeah, I know, there's some problems, but let's go ahead. You say, okay, I'm with you, all right? And try to make it work. Don't try to make it not work so you can say, I told you so. Okay? But it doesn't mean agreeing with your husband or anything. It doesn't mean leaving your brain or your will at the wedding altar. Man, I need Janelle's brain. I need her will. Submission does not mean avoiding every effort to change a husband. I need to change. Now, see, now, Janelle's not very good at that one. Okay? As much as I can praise her, she, she just doesn't want to do that. 
okay? She'll learn, okay? okay? I'm fine. We're not knocking each other here, okay? We can do this in public, okay? Um, she just doesn't want to change me, okay? And she knows I need to change, but she just she doesn't want to be a nagging wife, okay? That's not what it means. I, we, I need a, we need wives to help us grow, okay? But we're working together, not against each other. Submission does not mean putting the will of the husband before the will of Christ. Now, that's a tough one, okay? Uh, I don't know that I've ever done or commanded anything that just clearly contrary to God's will, okay? Um, if there would be, then she should, and then Piper talks about this, how does a wife handle that? And he talks about, okay, you need to, here's the process, and lovingly submit and honor him, but make it clear that, that you, you cannot do that. Okay? And we're probably talking about a lost husband there who doesn't know the Lord, doesn't submit to the Lord, and, and wants his husband or his wife to do something that's un, clearly ungodly. No, she can't do that, okay? But she needs to learn how to say that, okay? And hopefully none of us are ever in that situation, but, but that's not what submission means, okay? Submission does not mean that a wife gets her personal spiritual strength primarily through her husband, Okay? Your, your husband is, Christ is your head, but, but your husband is, is your leader, okay? You're, you're still responsible primarily to the Lord, okay? But in the marriage, he's your head, okay? Um, now, you will get some strength from your husband, but not primarily. That comes through Christ, okay? We both have to have a relationship with Christ, okay? She's not under me. I'm in relationship with Christ. She's in relationship with me, and she just gets it all through me. No, no, no. She has to have a relationship with Christ. We're, we're side by side on that, okay? Submission does not mean that a wife is to act out of fear. Okay, oh, it's terrible. Do we act out of fear in submission to Christ? No, we shouldn't. Submission again is the divine calling of a woman, excuse me, of a wife, to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and to help carry it through according to her gifts. Okay, you need her husband. You can't make it without her, and she needs to know that. Okay, marriage is not mainly about staying in love. I think we've said this before, but it's good to say it again. Marriage is not mainly about staying in love. It is about covenant keeping. It is about covenant keeping. Keep your promise. Okay? By committing to unwavering covenant keeping, the possibility of being profoundly in love 40 or 50 or 58 years from now is far greater than if we think that the task of marriage is to stay in love. It's almost like don't even try to stay in love. Well, that sounded bad, didn't it? Just keep your promise and do what you said you would do, and what you'll find out is that you will be profoundly in love. All right? It's about covenant keeping, not staying in love. Uh, marriage is... Let's see, if I lead her, Janelle, and our family by protecting and providing for her spiritually and physically, then she will love me. And if she submits to my leadership by helping me and encouraging me and correcting me and praying for me then I will love her. Okay? As we continue to fulfill our promise to each other, we will continue to grow more and more deeply in love. Okay? Last thing I say, marriage is a picture of Christ in the church, and if we are to paint an accurate picture, then we must practice headship and submission in marriage. You can't say, well, we're not going to do marriage like that. We're going to have the 50-50 deal, and we're going to be co-equals. That, that's just stupid. Okay? The husband has to be the leader and the wife has to submit. Now, but understand what that does mean, okay? Um, because Christ is the head of the church and the church is submitting to Christ. That has to, If you have a marriage like this, you're distorting the picture of Christ in the church. Your marriage has to be like this 
to accurately display Christ in the church. You don't get to choose how you want to do your marriage, okay? You model it after Christ in the church, and he is the head, and we, we submit to his will, okay, and follow his leadership. So we must do the same in our marriage to accurately portray Christ in the church, okay?